That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Young F.A. Holmes. Ah. So scary, won't let them bury me That's why I keep my 30, I shoot like Gary And boy, I'm getting money, I'm getting money Uh-huh, these niggas hilarious Alright, welcome back to Don V Fridays After, after, after a sad-ass performance versus pit We gotta come back on and talk about it Y'all already know how that goes Drift in the building, how you living, my boy? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm just recovering from that loss. I, I lied pretty heavily on the podcast last week. I was trying to make a case, trying to make a case for tech, but uh, no, nah, it didn't end up working out that way. It got blew up by Pitt instead, but uh, we got a guest on today. Chris, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? What's up? What's up? Um, Chris Cunningham, uh, tight end at Virginia Tech from 2015 to 2018. Legend. Um, well, I'm on Don V Fridays. What's up? Yeah. Hey. Yeah, now you realize, you know, everybody that come on Dumby Fridays get hated on. So expect 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 people to hate on your name, man. It that ain't got nothing to do with us though. The real ones respect the ones that put it on the line. The fucking goofies that I don't know. You know what? People don't they'll know what right. no more. They'll yeah, they be all right. They don't even fuck with it no more. So they might, they might, they might, they might like what you got to say. <laughs> they'll be but, all right. They'll be all right. Yeah, they they're gonna be fine. But before we get started in the Donview Fridays, we got a new sponsor. New sponsors on deck, man. Hey, bags improving, man. We leveling up. We got a new sponsor. You guys are gonna love Symbol. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your teams win. You earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your team win. Join the 7,000-plus early adopters who have started to invest in their favorite teams. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account. And when you deposit, you please use the promo code SD to make your deposit risk free. Once again, the promo code is S, the letter S, D, the letter D, and your deposit will be risk free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. And our other sponsor, Spotify Green Room. Spotify Green Room been holding us down, cutting them just for a long fucking time. Shout out to them. Spotify Green Room. It's a live audio-only sports talk platform. You can talk to fans, athletes, insiders in real time. Get in on the conversation that you listen to on Donvy Fridays every day. Uh, you can be fe- you can even be featured on certain podcasts. So Spotify Green Room, man. Download for free in the iOS app store. 
Pitt beat Virginia Tech last Saturday, 28-7. to mm-hmm. uh, The offense looked like shit, um, like they have all season. We gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna swing it to the I'm gonna swing it to our guest first because he's an expert in this shit. We just fans, Chris. What did you see Saturday uh, that you liked, disliked, or what was your take? Um, my take overall, we could you know what I'm saying obviously be better, but um, offensively, I just you know what I'm saying just from coming from that side of the ball, I just felt like mm-hmm. it was just subpar. It just wasn't no rhythm. Um, not that we could really get going. Uh, really, every time we play Pitt, uh, you know what I'm saying, going into every year, like, the matchup is one-on-ones, you know what I'm saying, your receivers or your tight ends have to go win one-on-one matchups. It's mainly on the outside. Like, if you go back to, you know, 2016, um, Isaiah, Bucky, Cam, you know what I'm saying, you look at that film, you can just go back and just look at the film in the past. Um, it's always going to be a one-on-one matchup. That's how you're going to have to win the game against Pitt, and we really didn't attack that, so... Um, you know, offensively, it's just, you know, we didn't look that well. Uh, defensively, we look we look better. Um, mm-hmm. At the same time, I feel like, uh, you know what I'm saying, we could say offense comes along slowly, but the defense comes along, I feel a little bit better, especially come, going against a quarterback like, um, like Pitts. Yeah. I just feel like, you know what I'm saying, they play, they play pretty decent, you know, but I just feel like offense can really help the defense out. You know, putting on putting up points on the board, and you know what I'm saying, keeping them off the field. So, yeah, yeah, and, and you're talking about an offense that before this game was averaging 52 points per game. They only scored right. 28, and Kenny Pickett only threw for 203. All right, so, what's your take? What's your take? Well, you got some nasty ass lads off drift. Now, <laughs> now we do pick Virginia Tech to win every game because this is a Virginia Tech podcast. Yeah, we don't I lied, I lied, lied, game. I lied, lied. We yeah. kind of give the keys to the game on how Virginia Tech can win, but can you address your nasty ass last to the <laughs> I just thought uh, after the loss to Notre Dame, I thought they would have came out with more fire, but they came out so flat, especially on offense. Like, like Chris said, just no rhythm. Uh, couldn't really get anything going. I thought the defense played okay. I thought they played pretty well, you know, holding them to only 28 points, but uh, offensively, you got to be able to score, and we couldn't do that till the second half. Uh, shout out Tay for that for that touchdown catch. That was money, uh, but I was I was wrong. Uh, I lied pretty heavily. I do think that you know this puts Fuente on a real hot seat now because now the ACC Coastal is not wide open anymore. Yeah, uh, I think the defense played it as good as you as you possibly could, considering right. that you like. Your offense is going three and out. We had their offense going three and out, but they had they have a, a veteran quarterback. He's seen everything. He been around the block fifty three fucking times. Eventually, they were gonna figure it out. We got a quarterback out there that probably shouldn't even have been playing hurt, right? Uh, in, injured, and that that's that's pretty much what you get when you when your offense ain't doing shit. And they have an experienced veteran quarterback and they got a running back who can close the game out because they got a big lead. That's the result you get. Um, yeah, like we said, Picky didn't kill us. I mean, 22 or 37, 203 yards, two touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. He just made the plays that he needed to make. Um, but I felt the defense had a I, I felt the defense had one of the better performances in the season, but I agree. Nope. No defense can do this shit all, all day. No defense. I don't give a fuck. 
Right. What defense you, hold, you put you, out there? You hold Pitt to 28. You kind of expect it to be in it more than we were. So I would have, I would like to see the offense do way better than they did. But Chris, what do you think the offense can do differently? Like seeing it from your perspective where you played on the team, like what did they do that you think they can do better? Just go exploit matchups. That's all. Like, I just feel like tech, like right now it has like a bad time. Like they have a really bad time doing that. Like, okay, let's think about it. If you look at, you know what I'm saying? Who we have, we got, we got Trey Turner, right? So mm-hmm. Trey Turner's nickname was Big Play Trey at the beginning of his career, but now we can really, you know what I'm saying, get the ball to him. Like we got to, you know what I'm saying, that's a weapon, get the ball to him. Tavion is another weapon, get the ball to him, you know what I'm saying. Um, third down, we can go to Caleb, you know what I'm saying. We just got to go to weapons. We got to use, you know what I'm saying, figure out the matchups and exploit them. Like if I feel like, okay, my running back in these formations, these types of situations could beat this backer, then I'm going to exploit that. And so, you know what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying, because at the same time, it's, you're still playing a game. So – I just feel like tech could just come out and just just use weapons, like set up, you know what I'm saying, set up plays for your weapons, but at the same time, you know what I'm saying, you got to get the ball to them and, you know what I'm saying, have some type of rhythm and some understanding, some flow to it. Instead of just, okay, let's go up-tempo here. Okay, we're moving the ball a little bit, and then now let's slow it down. Let's get conservative, you know what I'm saying, because it's going to throw right. the rhythm off, you know what I'm saying, so. Yeah, and, and I feel like they don't – I feel like – I don't even think it's a matter of they can or they can't. But I feel like Blackshear is a weapon, too, that you said they could exploit versus linebackers, and Burmeister seemed to can't get him the ball out in the flats. Like, he struggled to throw the ball out to out to the flats to Blackshear for some reason. He either too high or too low. He skipped the shit in the dirt. And I feel like Blackshear should be have, have a bigger piece in this offense. Right. Because he's so versatile, he can stretch the field and really play wherever. And I feel like we do, we don't really get him the ball as much as we should. Honestly, most of our skill position receivers and running backs, I feel like we don't give them the ball nearly as much as they need to have it. We just gotta stretch the field, to be honest. Like I said, exploit matchups. Like, like you know, what I'm saying we got Blackshear, we got Tavion, we got Trey, we had James before we got hurt. Like, you got enough more than enough weapons. So you know, what I'm saying to exploit matchups. You know what I'm saying? To feel comfortable here, comfortable here in these different situations. You know what I'm saying? And right now, I don't think, you know what I'm saying, we're doing that. Why do, why do you me, think we're not doing okay. stuff? Why do you think we're not doing that? Is it Do you think it's more so the scheme, or do you think it's more so the coaches relying on the defense? Or, or do you think it's, it's the quarterback? It's, okay, I feel like first I was going to come from the scheme more than anything because, okay, you run these – you probably, okay, they're probably going to practice running like – 40, 50 plays going into the week, you know what I'm saying? And then when it gets to game day, we'll probably numb it down to like 2025 and just figure out where we're getting the rhythm off of that. But it's just like, I don't know. To be honest, I really don't know. Like, it's got to, I feel like probably this is more so the scheme. It starts with coaching, um, how you're going into the week. Um, You know what I'm saying? It's just, right now, I can see it as just like a systematic thing. You know what I'm saying? You got ball players, you got athletes. It's more of a systematic thing. Like, okay, uh, if you're going with Braxton, what's his strengths? What's his weaknesses? You gotta, you know what I'm saying, figure that out. So you can, you know what I'm saying, you gotta roll off of that. Like if you okay, Braxton's more of a runner, he's not the best passer. Mm-hmm. You gotta put himself, you know what I'm saying, put him in more of a situation like a like a Lamar Jackson situation where it's a re-option, put him more, you know what I'm saying, where he's more of a threat to people. Right. And okay, if he's more of a threat with his legs. You know what I'm saying? Put him more of a position like that. You got weapons. You know what I'm saying? You got you can run a triple option. You can run the re option. You know what I'm saying? 
uh, to where you can get to the edge, things like that. And then that'll open up the passing game because, you know what I'm saying, the linebacker safeties will step down. Um, you know what I'm saying? When you're doing more play action and things like that. And then, and then you, you know get saying? your one-on-one. Obviously open. So, right. But here's my reply to that, though. Braxton Burmeister came into the game injured, probably should not have been playing. So they came out trying to pass the ball. I think they came out with seven straight passes in a windy mm-hmm. game with a quarterback with a bad shoulder. Yeah. Chris, is this so, something you that you think you've seen before too when you were playing, like in terms of of not giving your skill position players enough chances to succeed? Uh, yeah, in a way, I feel like okay, well, like okay, the skill positions will be given chances, right? And they'll start, you know, what I'm saying the receivers will start, you know, what I'm saying making plays, and all of a sudden, like you're talking about third down. You know what I'm saying? Fourth down, we're coming off the field. Or not, okay, third down, you want to run the ball instead of pass the ball. You know what I'm saying? That's some money down. You're not even going to your receivers. You're trying to run the ball, to, you know what I'm saying, to get the first or just be conservative. Or, okay, it's fourth from one, fourth from two. Why are we not going for it? Why you like, you know what I'm saying? You got to have more trust in your players. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that's one of the key things offensively. Like, there's no trust. You know, like the players right. don't really – you know, can't really trust the system that they're in because they're like, okay, I may go for 100 yards this week, but then the next week I'm going for like maybe, you know what I'm saying, under, you know what I'm saying, 30 or something like that. So it's more so like you got to get the chemistry. You got to have more, you know what I'm saying, get the players believing in you, the system, everything like that. So everything to work out. But, you know what I'm saying, I don't think that's the thing that Tech has worked on. And obviously it shows year to year. Like we can sit here and talk about it all day, but, off, we can sit and say offense rolls slow, you know what I'm saying? Every year offense takes long, you know what I'm saying, forever to develop. But we've been seeing the same offense, and, you know what I'm saying, we can see that, okay, you put certain people in position, we do have success, but then you be putting, you know what I'm saying, we all get stagnant, you know what I'm saying, and put, you know what I'm saying, to stop going to certain things and the certain players, and, you know what I'm saying, we'll just see, a, uh, you know what I'm saying, the conservative tech offense like we keep seeing over the past year so. Right. Kuma said something similar in the term, like you say, trust. He said the same thing in terms of like the coaches don't trust the the players to make plays. And that and it seems that they don't do that. And that's why they're so conservative. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you got to that's a king that you just have to figure out. Like that's a that's a main thing that you really have to figure out if you want if you want to. You know what I'm saying? Go somewhere, especially in the ACC. Like, you want to be up there with the Clemsons and, you know what I'm saying, the big-time teams. But as you can see, there's a big, you know what I'm saying, separation that you can see over the past year between Clemson. You know what I'm saying? We can even talk about weapons. We can sit up here and talk about Trevor Lawrence and what they have. But at the same time, I felt like every year, you know what I'm saying, when Coach Fuente came in and I played for him, and even now, I just feel like every year Tech, should be going to the ACC championship every year, compete with Clemson, right. and right. you know what I'm saying, at least winning it or doing something. But we just can't get over that hump. And I just feel like it's more on the offensive side. That's that's the only thing. Hold back. Special team holds up, defense holds up. But if the offense can get rolling, tech, you know what I'm saying, is there every year. So, facts. What's your, what was your thoughts? What was your thoughts on mm-hmm. uh, Hendon Hooker, Quincy Patterson, going transfer portal? And Braxton Burmeister being named starter, did, um, like, what was your thoughts on that? Do you think it was the coaches saying "fuck it, we good"? Y'all can go ahead, go about your business, or uh, like the handle of the other QB room? What's your thoughts on that? 
I I feel like it's more of I don't know. You can't. I feel like they did a bad job of just saying fuck it, just letting them go because okay, you look at Hendon's situation. Um, what was the beginning of what was it? Twenty nineteen. Ended the portal, mm-hmm. took his name out, and then he bought right. out right. But then at the same right. time, they still did them like they. St- you, you know what I'm saying? We saw it. everybody they, saw it. Live. They slow rolled him. They slow rolled him. Like okay, he got. He, you know what I'm saying? He gets in the game. He's you know what I'm saying? He's actually doing something like with the, he can throw, he can run. We're seeing like you know what I'm saying? Almost like Gerard Evans 2016 tech almost right. Right. And uh-huh. and when you seeing like I'm sitting there seeing Hendon play, and I'm sitting there watching these games. I'm just like Hendon come back for another year, and it's gonna be a crazy year. Like. He gonna have another year. He gonna have a spring ball this summer, and then another year as a starter. I'm like, Texas going to the AC championship. Him then comes back, and then, you know, what I'm saying he got hurt. They rolled with Braxton, and I already knew what time it was. Like when I saw they was just rolling with Braxton to finish the season, out, and they got Hendon on the sideline. Even though Hendon got you this far, I'm just like, okay, mm-hmm. like you you sat up here and you got this player. You got, you gained all his trust. And then you sit up here and pull a move like that. And Hendon made a business decision. Like, and they pretty much try to go in the media and say, you're like, Oh, fuck it. Like, we don't care if people leave, but at the same time, it's hurting you. Like your pride and your ego is hurting you at the same time. Like Hendon left, he went, he's at Tennessee and he's balling out, still doing the same thing. That's the same thing you just had that you, you know what I'm saying? I feel like you wouldn't be on the hot seat so much for, because with Hendon at the realm of quarterback, and leading that offense, you know what I'm saying? We obviously saw what he could do. And with another year in the system, I don't even think we'd be having conversations about hot C or anything like that. We'll be sitting here talking about, okay, how long can Tech stay undefeated, things like that. That's how I feel. But yeah. um, as far as Quincy's situation, same thing. Like, we see him go and play uh, – North Dakota well, State. We see him go play, in, you know what I'm saying? The different, they put him in different situations where he can go, you know what I'm saying, make plays, especially the Carolina game, I feel like. Was his biggest game, um, right. his tech career, which he was. So, and they really just, you know, what I'm saying that was a, a game that he put on. He showed, you know, what I'm saying the fruits of his labor. And then it's just like, okay, well, thanks, Quincy. Appreciate you for getting us through six overtimes. <laughs> back to the back burner. It's just like, damn, bro. Like that's right. it. You know what I'm saying? So, but then again, at the same time, it can always be one. It can only be one quarterback. So that's always a situation on the back end too. So. Right, but while they had Hooker and uh, and Patterson, they brought in Burmeister to make everything more complicated. So, I feel like that yeah. that was a that was a their decision to bring it in, and it ultimately bit them in the ass. I mean, they went and got him out of the transfer portal. You know what I'm saying? The transfer portal is one of those things where you got to do your research on people, uh, really evaluate. Um, and I don't know. That's what they, I don't know. That's what they felt they felt comfortable with when they got them. And, you know what I'm saying? To put a little, little you know what I'm saying? A little dent in the quarterback room. Right. They put a big ass dent in the quarterback room. Cause if they kept, if they kept Hendon or they kept QP and Burmeister was their backup, I like our quarterback room in 2021. But the fact you let the better two walk and you leave the least, I don't want to say least talented, but the least physically talented. And you lose your superior athletes, it just makes people scratch their head. Like, what, what, what the fuck did y'all see in practice and in these games that made you think you was comfortable letting these two walk and let this man stay? That's that's been my biggest issue with their handling of the QB room. Is I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I never went to college, 
But I could sit up here and see from my couch, okay, what they do is different from what he do. Mm-hmm. Throwing the ball. They even tried to sell this man as a passer. Like, bro, we watched the fucking games last year. What the fuck is people talking about? Uh, I don't even want to talk about the shit because I get mad. Uh, <laughs> we held Pitt to 411 total yards. Like I said, this was an offense that was averaging 52 points a game. We, we hold them to 411 total yards, 203 passing yards, 208 rush yards, which was mm-hmm. crazy because they was kind of a passing team. Um, they they possessed the ball for 38 minutes and 16 seconds. And no no defenses. The fact that they only got 28 points is a minor miracle by Jay Ham and the defense. So let me put some respect on this defense's name. Mm-hmm. Um, there was some breakdowns and there was some missed tackles, but fuck all that. The offense put them in a fucked up position. I'm going to go to my grave saying that shit, which I think. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think the defense played as well as you as they could have played, especially when the offense is just handing the other team the ball every time. So I'm on, yeah, I'm on full board. Bad. Yeah, it could have way worse. definitely could have got bad out there. Definitely could have got bad. But, you know, defense held their own. I mean, like I said, offense, gotta, you know what I'm saying, got to go help them boys out. So, right. Got to do offense. Got to do their job, which is to put points on the board. You know what I'm saying, so we could stay in the game or win the game. You know what I'm saying, at least give ourselves a chance. But you can't. You know what I'm saying. The defense ain't supposed to be putting the points on the board. They're supposed to stop them. So, right. They they've had trouble in the red zone. It, it seemed like almost when James Mitchell went down, this team now sh- struggles to put the ball in the end zone. You was a red zone, you was a red zone threat and a red zone target. Why don't they I'm trying to put my words together. Like what what what's with the struggles? Yes, James Mitchell was a great red zone threat and, and target. And not on, and they use them on sweeps and runs and shit. Um what what do you see with your expertise of this offense and playing the game? The struggles with the red zone offense. They're, I mean, they're just not doing anything. They're not. I mean, Coach Corrigan can just sit up there and just call his red zone plays, go through all these red, the, all the red zone packages, and they can score the ball. But it's just like they're not going to it. Like, okay, the plays that I scored on, they're not even running that anymore. Like they used to run it with James, but okay, you have. Uh, you got Drake and you got Nick out there as your tight ends. They can do the same thing. Like, they're mm. just, you know what I'm saying, two different people. It's not like you need a speed guy to go run a, a corner route. It's not like you need a fast guy to go run into the flat. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. I mean, at the same time, I don't know if it's plays. Um, I don't know if it's a trust thing. I don't know, to be honest. Like, it, I really it, can't. So, you think they don't trust Nick? or Drake to do what you or James Mitchell did? Uh, I'm assuming so. I mean, mm-hmm. Coach Sebas is, I feel like he's not vouching for him probably in that meeting room when it comes down to the game plan for the week. Cause they're obviously, I mean, they get the ball sometimes, but I mean, you got Drake and, and Nick, yeah, you got Drake out there and you got Nick and, I mean, those are not the fastest guys on the field, but those are, you know what I'm saying? If you want to talk about like a, almost like a tight end as far as prototype, those are those guys and you're not really using them in that red zone situation. So you're really limiting yourself to just the receivers the running back. And, and that's pretty much it, you know, so. Right, right. because because you you and James Mitchell are, athlete, are athletic as fuck. Like, like I wouldn't, 
maybe not the prototype Gronk type tight ends, but y'all got out there on these red zone plays out into them flats and out on these corner rocks, like you said. And maybe they feel like maybe the coaches feel like uh Nick and, and Nick and Drake are prototype tight ends, which honestly, and I'm mean, just my opinion, you know better than me. Maybe the prototype tight end don't fit this scheme. Maybe mm. it may be your type and James Mitchell, more tweener hybrid types fit the scheme. I'm just saying that for my uneducated uh watching yeah. from my couch. But I still feel at the same time, like you can still run all these same plays that I ran and that you know what I'm saying we were effective on in the red zone in the past. You can still run it now. Like I I literally watched, I'm trying to think, uh who I think who was who played last night? Um in Monday night football. Titans. I literally what yeah, no, Titans and yeah, Titans. Buffalo. Yeah, Titans. Titans was um, I think the Titans. They tight. I think the Titans ran it. Um, in the end zone, I literally looked at it. The Titans mm. stepped down. He leaped into the um, did a corner. They had the um, the fullback run right into the flat. It was a, a play action dump. Like this play works on every level, but uh, you know we haven't ran it this year. Um, for some reason, it's the bread and butter. But I don't know. We'll see. I just feel like yeah. it's just uh. I don't know. It can't be that bad of a much of, you know what I'm saying, much of a trust thing. It can be. It's just there is definitely saying. some some weirdo shit going on. Um they got they gotta get the red zone offense together because even the even the red zone possession that we did cash in with Tavion made that crazy catch. It took a couple pass interference calls to keep the drive alive. We was finna come away from that draft with three or zero right. again. But you know, refs refs uh extended the draft. So shout out Tavion for that catch too. That's not no easy shit to do. Oh um, yeah, baller, baller for sure. But I feel like with Tavion, look, I feel like even though he's the smallest player on the field, like he's just gonna make a play every time. So, but at the same time, like you got weapons, so like don't always put the all the stress on this one player. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got Trey next to him. You got Caleb. You know what I'm saying? You got all these different guys. So, you know what I'm saying? I feel like Tavion right now is a go-to. And then, I don't know. And Caleb's, we'll a, big body. And Caleb's a big body. So, Yeah, he can catch everything, too. He's got great hands. He's got good, yeah. great hands. He, uh, I don't know if he's done for the season or whatever. He, he got hurt. So, we'll see, you know, what's his help going forward. They don't seem to trust no other receivers. Like Dwayne Lofton and Payud, and they don't trust these other people to do shit. So I don't know who's gonna step in for Kayla Smith going forward, but bro, expect to not get the ball. Um shit. even if you're scared, shit. I feel like even if they're scared, they need to just take a shot at it. Like right. fuck it. Like, ain't nothing to lose, you know what I'm saying? You just I feel like in the day, like if Okay, say if Caleb is down or, you know what I'm saying, or, you know what I'm saying, I feel like Tech don't really go with too much of a rotation right now as far as receivers, but I just feel like at this point, it's just like, fuck it, like, you got to start building that trust some way, somehow, and right. you, know what I'm you, you can build it in practice, but the game is totally different, like, the game is totally different. It's nothing too crazy once you get out there and you get rolling with it, but at the same time, like, you got to get that game confidence. Practice confidence is easy, but the game confidence is like, okay, you got these players. Because you know what I'm saying? You got to think, if I'm a sophomore, I'm behind Trey, 
Savion, Caleb, like I'm next up. So as a coach, mm-hmm. why would I not, you know what I'm saying, start trying to get that confidence rolling, get them in rotation now to where, okay, instead of having a three-man, four-man rotation, I can go six to seven-man rotation with my receipts. I'm that comfortable to that point where, okay, all my weapons can get fresh. If they get, you know what I'm saying, they get gas, I can rotate people, things like that. But I don't know. I think it's it's probably a trusting system. You just knowing plays and being at the right depth and, you know what I'm saying, little things like that. You think play calling goes into that as well? Like, I feel like sometimes some of the tech plays that they run, they're just staring down one receiver and one read. Uh, and it seems like it's more so predetermined of where they're supposed to throw the ball, which doesn't no, allow the other receivers. No, that's, that's, that's systematic. That's that's not like a – like, okay, if you – if you look, look at it, like, okay, you could probably look at it and just draw up the play, right? You can see, okay, boom. Braxton may be looking iron trade down, but there's all these other receivers on these different routes. It's not, that's not like a play call thing. That's a scheme thing. That's more like when we go into practice, uh, corners behind them. Okay. You need to look here because this is what the look we're getting. If we don't get this look, then boom. then that's, you know what I'm saying? Take right. off or try to look here, but we're, we're expecting this look, you know what I'm saying? When we go into this formation, things like that. So you need to look here. So it's almost like, okay, if I'm a quarterback, it's almost like, okay, I feel like in practice, when you're going through, you know what I'm saying, uh, the scout team stuff and you're going through team, like, okay, yes, you can pull up a, like a, a team's defense of what you think they're going to like roll into based off of like these certain looks. But you got to, you know what I'm saying, understand at the same time you're playing the game. He, like the D coordinator is going to come out there, of course, with like a base scheme, but he's going to dial different things up, you know what I'm saying, based off of weapons, where's the weakness in the O-line, different things like that. So, um it's just like like I said, it's more so like a, a coaching thing. Like coach is telling me to look here. So okay, all week he's telling me I need to look here. This is the look I'm gonna get. But when you come out there, run the same play that I've been getting this look all week from the scout team, and it's not the same look. And you like, oh shit, as a quarterback, instead of like, okay, and, and you know what I'm saying through the week of practice, give them different looks. Like you're not gonna get the you know what I'm saying. We use them like if you know football, just anything about sports, you're not gonna get the same look. You're just not. You know what I'm saying? So, right. That's, I feel like that's one of those things, like, coaching-wise, get out the ear. Like, come on, like, let a quarterback be a quarterback, develop them. But, okay, if this is the look we're trying to get and it's not there, boom, then go to two, three. If, that, if three's not open, then, okay, cool, run. But you can't sit up here and say, cool, we're going to get this look, we're expecting this, go to uh, number one here. If number one's not open, check for number two, boom. Number two, you don't feel comfortable. Number two, take off. Like, what? Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? You're not going to be able to move your offense down the field. You're not going to really have no confidence in yourself because you're going to feel antsy. Okay, cool. This looks not there, gone. Okay, next play. Boom, this looks not there, I'm gone. Like, you know what I'm saying? You're not really rolling into anything. You're just getting lucky. You're just, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, hoping the defense yeah. is in the same spot that they were in practice. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly why the quarterback is hurt. That's exactly why uh, the quarterback room is in the shape that it's in and they don't trust nobody to do shit. But uh, take off and run. Burmeister's is fucked up. Blumbrick is out. Knox Kadem appears to be some shit because they don't trust him to do shit. And uh, Bullock ain't ready, according to them. So that's pretty much Virginia Tech offense. Uh, we pretty much put a bow on that pit game. Y'all knew we was some shit. Y'all watched the game. It wasn't much to talk about. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on to these fucking lads that we got off last week. Uh, me and Drift did. Um. <laughs> but we're going to start with the truth because we both had Georgia 
not covering versus Kentucky. I think it was 23-point favorites. Uh, we both said that Georgia would look human. We said they was going to win and all that, and they was going to beat the shit out of Kentucky, but not to that extent. That was the truth. The, 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 the fucking... I'm going to tell y'all, I told the secret lie of the week. The secret lie of the week. Because I told the truth on the podcast, but when it came to my money, I fucking lied. I had Clemson not covering verse Cuse. I said it. I said it out my goddamn mouth. Drift said it out his mouth, too, I believe. <laughs> Y'all know I went on fair dueling. <laughs> <laughs> I went on fucking fair dueling. Pick Clemson anyway. <laughs> Put money in the fucking toilet, man. I knew, I knew the truth and lied anyway. I went against my own instincts. Uh, it's okay. So we, lie, both, we both lied. Lie of the week. <laughs> lie of the week, man. I told y'all to take cues. So I hope y'all did. And my dumb ass still went and bet Clemson. Anyway, <laughs> lie of the fucking week, man. <laughs> Something about playing up in that dome, man. That's that just, fucking dome, bro. It's wild. Uh, Chris, you ever played up? Matter of fact, you played in 2016 up in the dome, mm-hmm. right? When we lost. Yeah. What's it? What's it? You got experience there. What's it like playing up in that dome? It, I'm not gonna lie, it's cool. It's, it was different. Like it was my first time ever playing in the dome. But I'm not gonna lie, like they know what they be doing up there. Like it, like okay, you gotta think. I'm okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit up here and like say it directly. But okay, what happened to? Um, is one of those situations. What happened to LeBron when they played San Antonio at San Antonio? And he was cramping up. It was it was like yeah. that. It was like that in there. So um, <laughs> it was okay. one of those situations. You come because you got to think we're in Syracuse. We're upstate New York. This is like mm-hmm. what, we played them in like late September, October. So it was, it was cold. You know what I'm saying? We get up there. We get into the dome. We like, OK, it's cool. You know what I'm saying? It's like it's, it just feels like room temperature in there. It's nothing crazy. There's no heat. They said we get to play. And I'm like, hey, yo, it's, it's, it's hot in here. Like I know you don't know play the game, but it's, it's hot in here. Like, am I like we over here thinking you tripping? Like you like, bro, is it hot in here? Is it just me? Like, and then nah, oh nobody was tripping. Like they, you know what I'm saying? They they turn the heat on during the game, quote unquote. We want to keep the fans warm. Yeah, all right. Yeah, mm. we knew there was Keith, something. He was doing monkey shit with the AC, <laughs> and they doing something. They look. You walk in there, you know what I'm saying? You're being pregame, you feel good. And they say, you know, you playing the game like, of course, you're going to get warm, but it's it's a little too warm in here to be, you know what I'm saying, to be in the dome right now. So that's what these motherfuckers been doing all these years. Yep. Shit don't work. They still be at the bottom of the ACC. So. <laughs> yeah, but they be sneaking people though. Yeah. Do they practice in that dome? Yeah. They probably get used to it. That's why. Yeah. Then other team, other teams come up there and it's wild. Yeah, I knew there was some fuck shit with that dorm. Yo, Q's gonna get this podcast canceled, boy. If <laughs> <laughs> we all end up mysteriously missing over the next two weeks, somebody from Q's had us removed. Oh, um, <laughs> but yeah, Clemson, Clemson, fuck that. They they fucked my money up, even though I knew better. So that's on me. UVA beat the shit out of Duke. I don't think it's nothing to talk about there. We both had that happening. Yeah. Um, Miami. Uh, UNC did not cover that seven points. Miami lost by a field goal. But UNC wins. Manny Diaz, that whole shit over there looked nasty as shit. Uh, 
Miami season is basically over. UNC season was already over. So I guess congrats to UNC for holding out. Right. And last but not least, NC State beat the shit out of Boston College. I don't even remember what I picked in that game, honestly. We'll be- I, I, you picked you picked NC State. I picked Boston College. Okay, so I didn't lie, you lied. That yeah. ain't no lie of the week shit. The lie of the week was my ass still picking Clemson and knowing better. That's <laughs> nasty. <laughs> We're moving on to week. We'll be at week eight. Yeah, week eight. Week eight in the ACC. Um, we're gonna start it off. Number sixteen, Wake Forest minus three at Army. I think Army's an option team when I'm service academies, but I got Wake covering. Which which y'all get? Uh, Chris, you can go first on this one. Wake, Wake. Uh, I got Wake holding out over Army. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't know if, if Army's won it. Does does uh does Army run the wing tee like Georgia Tech? Yeah, they run. Yeah. They run one of them weirdo service academy option offenses. Yeah, th- this game is at West Point. Uh, and it's at um, West Point. I'm I'm taking Army money line. Army, never mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it's only a three point spread. Mm-hmm. It's only a three yeah, point spread. And it's at West Point. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. trap game for Wake Forest. I think Wake and Wake just coming off a trap game with the with the shit up in Q's where they didn't cover. Um, yeah, they they definitely they, they definitely could catch one up there. I, I got I think Wake gonna hold it down. Though. I think Wake gonna hold me down. Florida Wade State. Got some, uh, Wade got some mm-hmm. faith in uh, Dave Clawson. Because I remember when he uh, when he recruited me, he was trying to get me to come to Wade. Okay. And then I didn't think he was going to be around that long, you know what I'm saying? Especially, like, mm-hmm. his first couple after his first couple years. But he got it rolling now, so. Hey, yeah, shout out Dave Clawson. Getting, getting shit done. Uh, UMass at Florida State. Uh, Florida State, hot, cold, up, down. They some shit. They great next week. A 35 and a half point favorites. Um, this is gonna be true for the week. Take you, Mass. 35 points for Florida State. Get the fuck out of here. Out of chance. What y'all got? <laughs> Not a I, chance to yeah, Same thing, same thing. I mean, UMass can't score, but neither can Florida State. So yeah. I got Florida State. They, they, they got some rhythm right now. They got a little 35 and a half, though. <laughs> no, nah, not 35. I say 14. Okay, so you got UMass. <laughs> <laughs> Florida State is not covering no 35. Florida State ain't scoring 35 points. Yeah, that's a lot of points. They're not even <laughs> scoring that, let alone covering it. <laughs> so everybody got you, man. All right. Uh Boston College at Louisville. Louisville's minus minus six. Um BC. BC. Yeah. Got BC. I'm saying the same thing. BC. BC money line. BC gonna win that game. Oh, you got BC outright winning. I oh yeah, I got BC outright winning. Winning. Oh, you got BC winning too. Yeah, BC coming man, off getting their out. ass kicked. They coming. Look, off Louisville. Ass. I'm not gonna lie. Louisville just ain't. This ain't. You know what I'm saying? When it come down to the stretch, they ain't even coming through. So I got BC. That's gonna be BC. Mm. Is gonna be BC. Right. I agree. They wasn't BC last week. I'm taking Louisville in the points. I'm taking I'm taking I'm taking Louisville. Uh I'll probably end up looking foolish. <laughs> probably gonna end up looking foolish. Uh that man is six does look kind of crazy. Um number 18, NC State at Miami. Um NC State is uh three-point favorites. 
with y'all guys shaking out, I'll, I'll, I'll give my blaze. I think NC State might just blow them out, honestly. Yeah, I got NC State. Miami, Miami don't look strong, but yeah, I know they. Just, I know you just said Boston College la- lost last week, but NC State's actually pretty good, so uh, I expect yeah. them to. I expect them to win. I've been I've been doing this song and dance with Miami all year. They've been making me look like a dumb fuck the entire <laughs> season, all season. Miami been making me look crazy, and I keep thinking I do this shit with Miami. I do this shit with Clemson. I do this shit with Oklahoma. While I keep thinking, okay, this is the week they finally start to put it together. But man, I'm done with Miami, man. I'm taking NC State in the points. Um, yeah. I, I got NC State, even though it's on the road. That's that's what got me. That's what got me conflicted. <laughs> Georgia Tech at UVA. UVA is seven point favorites. Mark that shit down. UVA minus fifty. They're gonna beat the shit out of Georgia Tech. Which I got shaking up. Ooh. Oh, I don't know. I don't know here. I don't know. I I'm, I think I'm gonna Where take is Georgia. It's at Virginia. It's at, it's at UVA. Yeah. Oh, I got UVA. They're gonna hold it down. Okay. In, in I'm gonna take covering. You got UVA minus seven. No, I'm going money line. I'm going money line. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take Georgia Tech to cover plus seven. I think it's a close mm-hmm. game. I don't know, man. UVA is they're clicking right now. Brandon Armstrong is putting up he low-key putting up some Hasman numbers. If UVA was undefeated, Brandon Armstrong could be a Hasman candidate. That's facts. But I don't know. Georgia Tech's up and down. They get they're hot and cold. If they get hot, this game don't right. keep it close. Nah, you're right though. Well, last but not least, Q's versus Virginia Tech. But before we get into Q's and Virginia Tech, we gotta pay some bills. Symbol, symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First. Every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for profit. Use the promo code SD to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. Once again, the promo code is SD. D, the letter S and the letter D. Make your first deposit free. And Spotify Green Room, the live audio-only sports talk platform. It's free to download and to use. You can talk to fans, athletes, insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, reacting to breaking news in real time, all of that. Um, You can get together have rooms, link Twitter's profile, join leagues, groups. All you need to do is download Spotify Green Room for free in the iOS app store. Come with your spiciest takes. Q's at Virginia Tech. It's going to be another game, another physical, hard-hitting, gritty. We done lost the last two gritty games. No More grit incoming. Sean Tucker, one of the best running backs in the country. Um, mm. He putting up Burmeister numbers as a running back. He put the damn near beat Burmeister rushing, and Burmeister got passing. Um, they, they quarterback Gary Schrader, basically a running quarterback, too. He got nine touchdowns on the ground, 
So it's going to be a physical contest. It's, this is nothing like them Dino Babers teams. Well, Dino Babers is known as an offensive coach and up-tempo and all that. No, this is a dirty, grammy. Who was that old-ass nigga that played for Syracuse back in the day? Jim Brown? It's like, it's like a Jim Brown Syracuse team around this motherfucker. Man, what, <laughs> what's going to shake that? What's going, what does Virginia Tech got to do to win this game? We start with Chris. What does Virginia Tech got to do to get back into the win column? Like I said at the beginning, go exploit matchups. Um, mm-hmm. Look at the film. Go out here and, and let's play ball, you know? I feel like the O-line, O-line, is, you know what I'm saying, holds well. Um, at times, I feel like, uh, I, you know what I'm saying, quarterback-wise, it's just sometimes it's quarterback presence, you know what I'm saying, just feeling your way around the pocket. You don't necessarily have to run, but – uh, like I said, Tech can come out and win the game by exploiting matchups. You know what I'm saying? Get if you whatever two running backs you feel like you got rolling, get them rolling, get them in rhythm. Let's go. Uh, receiver wise, let's get the ball in the air. You know what I'm saying? The first quarter, let's start getting that confidence rolling. So then, okay, they'd be like, all right, cool. We rolling into the second quarter with momentum. You know what I'm saying? We'll at least put some points on the board or do something. But um, like I said, just exploit matchups. They'll be all right. Yeah, facts. I, I got to agree with that. Coming out coming out hot, I think, is important, too, after last week, scoring in the first first drive, maybe first quarter, uh, staying ahead of them and letting your defense play aggressive, I think, is important. So if the offense can can help the defense out, I think, uh, I think we bounce back this week. I, I agree. When you And the thing about going against a team that want to run the ball is the last thing you want these motherfuckers to have is a double-digit lead because the game is over with, especially with our quarterback and our offense. If Cuse gets a double-digit lead, cancel Christmas. Um, but we got to jump out on them. This is going to be a game that's huge for Dax Hollyfield and our linebackers and our front seven because they're going to have to get to Sean Tucker before he gets rolling, before he gets – ahead of steam and starts embarrassing motherfuckers out there. So defense, this is going to be a nasty, hard-hitting defensive game. I don't know what the weather is supposed is predicted to be, but I do know Virginia Tech is three-point favorites. Um, it's it's going gonna, it's gonna to come down to us getting the lead, sitting on the lead, because we're not going to air it out. I, I, I can pretty much predict that. Burmeister still hurt. Um, it's going to, it's going to be, it's going to be on the, it's going to be on the offensive line. It's going to be on the running game. We're going to have to keep the ball from them because if they get a lead, a double digit lead, good night, cancel Christmas. Any last, any last thoughts on Q's versus Virginia tech that we need to speak on? Nah, Virginia tech's just got to get a win, man, right now. They got to get their fucking life together. Yeah. They got to get their life together. Um, the This coaching staff, they've been hearing shit all week. Uh, fans been on the timeline all week, firing their ass, uh, cooking up scenarios, looking at coaches that they need to look at. And pretty much, Fuente, bro, it's on you. Uh, do you want to be here or not? Because uh, we're going to be here regardless. So get your life together, Mo. It's the only thing. That's it. That's it, pretty much. We kicking it with Chris Cunningham, uh, led legendary legendary tight end, coming out of Florida. 
what led you to Virginia Tech out of the Sunshine State? Uh, to be honest, when I was just taking my visits, uh, just growing up in Florida all my life, like I've been to Miami, Orlando, Tampa. I just, you know, what I'm saying I've been all around the state. So I was like, mm. I could stay in state, but I was like, dang, I just want to go somewhere different. You know, what I'm saying somewhere uh-huh. new. Um, one of my like first, like one of my initial thoughts was to go like West Coast. But mm-hmm. then again, it came down to like, uh, you know, proximity to family and things like that, just in case of like different situations. And plus, that's like four or five thousand miles across the country. So, um, next thing you know, I just started taking my visits. Uh, you know, what I'm saying on the East Coast and things like that. And um, you know, I went to Tech. I think it really was more so like when I talked to uh, when I talked to Isaiah. He was just, I was just seeing, you know what I'm saying, okay. how he was doing as far as his performance and then just talking to him, how he was, you know what I'm saying, was feeling as far as, like, academically, um, as far as, like, the culture around, the, like, the campus, things like that. Like, how do he feel as far as, like, does he see himself um, getting in trouble or does he see himself, you know what I'm saying, being able to focus? And he just said, like, he just told me straight up, he just, like, can just focus because there's nothing out there. You know what I'm saying? You can just All play right. ball. Um, you're still playing big time ball because you're in the ACC and you're always gonna have a uh-huh. chance. You know what I'm saying to be, um, you know, what I'm saying that in the coastal and running for championships. So that was one of probably the bit one like the key factors that probably got me going to Virginia Tech. But I'm not gonna lie, I committed to Tech what like August 2014 before going into my senior season, and uh-huh. then uh, what's crazy, I almost flipped to uh, Louisville because I went to so after. Um, my uh, after my senior season, we had like this all star game, and uh, what is it called? It's um, it's called the Villages. It's down there, like Gainesville. Some like anybody in Florida know what I'm talking about. It's like narrow Cali, Gainesville, stuff like that. And we played this all star game, and it was like um, North All Stars versus the South All Stars. So of course, Lamar is down south, and I'm up north. So I played with guys on my team like Ronnie Harrison. Um, okay. Okay. I played with uh, who else? I played with. I played with like a whole bunch of guys. Um, you know, what I'm saying that ultimately went to like big schools, played D one ball, things like that. But then on the other side was Lamar Jackson at quarterback, and um, I remember we were at this bank, or whatever, and he just you know what I'm saying he knew or somebody told him like yeah he got an offer you know what I'm saying to Louisville you should talk to him about it and you know what I'm saying we chopped it up and he was like come on like come to Louisville like you can win championships like. Things like that. And I was like, you know what I'm saying? I'm thinking about it. I was like, I was really thinking about it because I'm just like, okay, like I'm seeing the type of quarterback he is. He can run, he can throw, but I'm seeing him more like he's a runner. So I was like, nah, 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 I'm going to stay with Tech. <laughs> he almost he almost got me though. He almost got me, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, playing against him, I'm not going to lie. Playing it like seeing that in person, like he's the same thing he's doing now was the same thing he was doing back in high school is nothing new. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's making guys look silly. Like, it was nothing. I'm talking about spin cycle, all types of stuff. And he's still doing the same thing now. You know what I'm saying? It's just grown hey. men he's doing it too. So, mm-hmm. hey, man. Shout out L. Jack, a legend. Yeah. Young legend out of Pompano. Remember Kodak Black say? You came in the 15 class. Who were you closest with when you uh, when you got to Tech? Uh, closest with? um. I probably say guys like Dwayne Johnson, uh, House Gaines. Uh, House was probably he was my first roommate, so I, I was close with House uh, coming in. Uh, Sean McLeese, um, 
and we were tight in this group. It was like our really our class when we first came in. That class was like uh, it was me, Tremaine, House. Uh, we had Darius Ford, Dwayne Johnson, McLeese, Coleman Fox, uh, DeAndre playing, uh, Dwayne Lawson. We had all different type of guys, and we were just we were just a close knit group. You know what I'm saying? Like always with each other. You know what I'm saying? As far as when it came to the dorms, classes, workouts, like we're always with each other. So. Um, I feel like just overall, we're just close. You know what I'm saying? We can still call each other now and chop it up and laugh. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's freshman year, so. Shout out Dwayne Lawson. He was he was from Tampa, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, Dwayne Lawson, come on, Don't Be Friday, tell your story. I know you got a story to tell, bro. <laughs> uh, what led to Dwayne, what, what led to his transfer or whatever the case was with him, you know? <laughs> Um, that's more of a situation, you know what I'm saying? I got to let him explain. That's, uh, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No, nah, we know it was, it's always, it's always, it's always the story and then it's always the story. So. Yeah, he can always, he can, you know what I'm saying? He can explain it better than I could, so. Right. Dwayne Lawson, come on, Donby Friday, tell your story. Anyway, um, you was not only, not only were you like a, uh, a tight end, you was, you like I said, almost like a hybrid role. It felt like. Um, did you did you envision yourself playing in that role or? Yeah. Like like um, okay. Because coming, I mean, okay. I want to take it back to high school. So in high school, my freshman year, I played receiver. Sophomore okay. year, going in my sophomore year, um, my coach, my head coach, Coach Sullivan, shout out Coach Sullivan. Um, he, I don't know, he just something told him to move me to tight end. Like, and I wasn't, I was still scrawny. Like, I'm I'm much bigger now, but like I was scrawny. Like, I was like maybe 180, 190. And he was like, Yeah, come to um, I'm putting you over to tight end and in the spring. And if initially it was one of those things, like, what? Like, well, I want to go play receiver. Like, you know what I'm saying? And this is like probably like 2011, 2012. So this was before like you know what I'm saying? The tight end, this is around the tight end game was starting to get ready to evolve to what it is now, right? Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things. I'm like, tight end? I'm like, oh, nah. But, you know, I started learning how to block and then he, um, you know, implemented me as far as like the passing game. So I was more of like a hybrid role starting back in high school. And then mm-hmm. um, Coach Beamer and Lefty and them recruited me. It was the same thing. They were pretty much showing me on my visit. Okay, they have Ryan Malik. You got your, you know what I'm saying, your basic tight end, like a, a Dallas Clark and those guys. And then you got like a Bucky. That's the ace in the offense. And it was like, you know what I'm saying, we're going to use you more as like as a Bucky type, you know what I'm saying, be more of a hybrid. You know what I'm saying? Based off more of my height, you know what I'm saying? I'm not the biggest, mm, you know what I'm saying, right. like 6'2", 6'3". So I'm not the biggest for us to be in line, to be blocking. But, you know what I'm saying, they saw the ability um, – back in high school that, you know what I'm saying, go play hybrid and do things like that. So, yeah, I feel like, you know what I'm saying, coming in with that initial staff, uh, I feel like, I, you know what I'm saying, everything's going to work out as far as, like, playing the tight end position, the hybrid role. And then when Coach Fuente and them were um, on their way in, we started to look at their offense, you know what I'm saying, Memphis, and see how they use the tight ends. And then we got more excited, like, okay, he actually uses, like, 11 personnel, 12 personnel. He uses two tight ends. He might even go – um, 13 and go three tight ends at times and then we, and we could all be running routes you know what I'm saying so um, you know what I'm saying going into it uh, Coach Fuente Resmond and things like that I definitely saw success and, and hope so 
they, they, I don't, I don't, I mean, I might be wrong. I don't remember seeing any three tight end personnel. Did they ever install any of that in 2016? Um, yeah, yeah, packages. We definitely have okay. packages. I mean, it's, um, you know, when you, when it comes down to that situation, it's more of, uh, you know what I'm saying? Do we need it in that situation particularly? And then at the same time, you know what I'm saying? Does the OC feel comfortable? And you know what I'm saying? It's just different factors yeah. when it comes to going into 13 personnel. But you know, tech was as far as what Coach Fuente and them, it was uh, it was more of a 11 to 12 personnel type game. So, how much different was the, the was the offense during game day than it was during practice? You mentioned earlier about how the there was less plays that they wanted to use during games. Was it how how much drastically different was it? You going? I look. All right. So Tuesday. All right. Tuesday. You're going to. You know what I'm saying. New game week. That's the work day. And of course, you got like. You know what I'm saying. A load of plays. Things you're trying to try out. Things you want to see. So throughout the week, you're running a whole bunch of different plays. Um. And then you know what I'm saying. As the closer you get to the game, of course, you get to, You know what I'm saying. Like narrowing things down. Uh, your calls to you. What you want to go to. What works. What we're trying to. You know what I'm saying. To really exploit. Um. But throughout the week, I just feel like, shit, you're going to run. You're going to run for sure. Like, you're going to, you know what I'm saying, they definitely going to make practice harder than the game for sure. You're going to get your, you know what I'm saying, conditioning in. But then when you come down to the game, it's like, damn, bro, we do all this running and all these routes to go catch all these balls and things like that to come into the game. And you might catch, like, two, three, maybe four passes and be under 100 yards or 50 yards. You know what I'm saying? Things like that. So, Right. Was, was that frustrating to you guys, like in practice, thinking that you go for way more and thinking that the offense is going to be more explosive than it actually ended up being on game day? Yeah. I mean, we would sit back and just talk about it. Just like, okay, we're running these plays in practice. Like when you run these plays in practice and you know what I'm saying, get ready for this game for the upcoming week, you like based on what we're running, what we're, you know what I'm saying, what we're installing, what we're watching film on, you, you have, you know what I'm saying, you're going to gain belief that, okay, we're going to go out here, we're going to throw the ball, we're doing all this against the scout team, we're doing the this, you know what I'm saying, in team periods against the defense, like, you know what I'm saying, we look like we'll have a good week, you know what I'm saying, offensively. Then we get to the game, and it's just like, all right, let's just go. It's almost like, uh, how can I put it? It's almost like if you're running like a spring scrimmage, let's number down to that, and then let's, let's run, you know what I'm saying, some of our big plays if we can, mm-hmm. if it's there. But if it's not there, then, oh, well, three and out, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah, I always go back to this game to the people that played in uh 2018 Florida State. Um, live environment, they swag surfing, going one of the craziest environments uh in college football. Y'all go out there and beat the shit out of them. You had a block punt in that game, if I'm not mistaken. I could be tripping, mm-hmm. but you Hello. blocked the punt in that game, and Eric Kuma had returned it or. Uh, scored, scored on that mm-hmm. play. Uh, what did did what was it like to make the, the that that stadium go silent? Like they ain't want to be there no more. The stadium went dead silent. Y'all were busting their ass. What was that moment like for you? It was, it was a surreal moment. It was one of those crazy moments. Like you know, what I'm saying it was one of those moments where you know all that adrenaline pumping. I can. You know what I'm saying? I can remember it now a little bit, but I don't remember too much of it. Like, I remember blocking the plan to play, but after that, it was just, like, blacked out. Like, 
Like, yeah. oh shit, I just blocked a punt. Like, oh, like, you know what I'm saying? But um it was kind of crazy because I didn't, you know what I'm saying, I didn't come play for, you know what I'm saying, a team in my home state. And then uh this was like a same, this was it wasn't uh who's what staff was that? Willie Tiger staff. It wasn't Tiger Willie, staff. Yeah. Um right. I know back in high school. I was probably like a freshman. I went to like one of their Florida State camps and they would say that like, it was like, dang son, like you think you can play tight end? Like, you know what I'm saying? You just not big enough. I'm like, all right, you know what I'm saying? Mm. So it was one of those things like, even if Florida State offered me out of high school, I wouldn't have went just off of the, off the simple fact that it's just one of those things that, okay, I'm not big enough. So I would really just play you, you know what I'm saying? So. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you, oh yeah. You definitely, you definitely have revenge on your mind. I remember you snatching a motherfucker's towel out his ass. Not out his ass, but at his back, you know. You snatched his towel. You remember doing that? You said you were blacked out. Yeah. Yeah, I just be, <laughs> now, I be, now, to be honest, to be honest, like, when I be out there, like, guys be, you know what I'm saying, you, you can, at the end of the day, it's football. Like, guys, we be out there talking sometimes, but a lot of times I like to troll people. Like, I just like to be out there. I'll make it seem like we're having a cool conversation and then just throw you off guard, just, you know what I'm saying, switch yeah. it right up. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's not like we're on the same team. We're not like we cool. You know what I'm saying? We're right. playing ball game right now. So it's just like I'll be out there and we'll just, you know what I'm saying, make it seem like we're having a regular conversation. Then I'll just get real vulgar and, and real disrespectful. And then, you know what I'm saying, I'm just troll you the rest of the yeah, game. You, you um, definitely. Because when the towel shit happened, like, mind you, now we know that Florida State team was some shit. But going into yeah. that game, they had lofty expectations. I don't remember what their rank was, but they was expected to be a good team and a high-powered offense and fast defense and all this and that. And I'm like, oh, shit, Chris Cunningham might be a disrespected motherfuckers. I'm here for look, I'm not going to lie. For it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, just looking back at the film, uh, early on in the game, I'm not going to lie, Florida State was definitely in the game. If, if mm. Willie Taggart was smart, he would have called some timeouts, got some plays reviewed, things like that. It could have been more of like an interesting game as far as like fan wise, but um, mm-hmm. could have definitely put up way more points on him, um, like 40, 50 points uh, that night. Right. You know, so. And then, and then in the same year, the infamous ODU game happened. Um, what? We didn't talked about this shit with Brett, basically everybody that came on in that play in that game as well. And mm. what was your mood like during the game, post game? Because that is kind of the turning point of the Fuente era. That is kind of like the it's kind of like this before that game, before ODU, the perception of Fuente in the program, and then like this post ODU. So, mm-hmm. what was your mindset like? Before that game, during that game, after the game. Uh, saw ODU, as, you know what I'm saying, as ODU uh, mm-hmm. going into the game. But at the same time, um, I still saw it as like, okay, this is a game. We can go in here. You know what I'm saying? We're supposed to go in here and win. Even though it was at ODU, um, mm-hmm. I didn't expect nothing less than a win. I just thought, you know, we would go in there and handle business. And you know what I'm saying, get back to Blacksburg. But then next thing you know, um, you know what I'm saying, we're playing in that environment. It's a packed out stadium. Um, they were in the game. That's what really, you know what I'm saying, with them, you know what I'm saying, be able to stay in the game as far as points wise. And then especially going into halftime with momentum, they just scored right before half. 
It had the crowd and all that momentum going into it. Like, I'm not going to lie, going into half, back of my mind, I'm just like, we got to, you know what I'm saying, pick this up because they're rolling. Like, momentum is like, you know what I'm saying, I understand how it works and how, you know what I'm saying, it's a real factor when it comes to environments and the game. So I'm just sitting there like, hey, we don't get this thing rolling second half. Like, it's going to be a game all the way to the end. And it's going to be like mm-hmm. a play is going to decide, you know what I'm saying, who takes home the win, you know, so. Yeah, and, and unfortunately, we lost. Josh Jackson breaks his ankle in that game. Mm-hmm. It was some, you know, Trayvon Hill came on and told his story about what happened post-game with him and uh, Coach Crosby and his uh, dismissal after that. And the season kind of spiraled out of control after that game. Uh, when did you decide – you know what, let me get the fuck on up out of here. Uh, was it a specific moment or was you been done? What what made you decide to transfer? Um, It was more so, I'm going to say around, uh, what, Boston College game. So probably around like week seven, week eight in the season. Um, So early in the season, the Florida State game, I tore my labrum. Um, I went in like the next morning, got it confirmed, I tore my labrum. Um, and I didn't, at first, you know what I'm saying? I didn't have an option to, you know what I'm saying, going for surgery just in the season. So I was like, all right, cool. So I just rehab things like that. But, um, I don't, it was just like, okay, came out Florida state, had a good game. I missed this, uh, the next game, just let my shoulder rest, uh, for a little bit. And then I came back, uh, play the rest of the season. It was just more so, um, you know, a combination of things. It was more so like my position coach. Uh, I didn't really, uh, I know, you know what I'm saying? I treat everything like business and I understand it. You know what I'm saying? That's one of those things I like learned um, over the, my years, you know what I'm saying? Playing is that um, how to treat the game more so like business and, and, you know what I'm saying? Really go about your business, about your work. But it was more so like uh, with my position coach, I just didn't really, I didn't really feel like he was, uh, I don't know how to describe it. Like I felt like, okay, he'll tell me all these things like, when we talk one-to-one, like, Chris, I love you, and you're such a great player, and I want to get you to the next level, and this, that, and the third, and, and you know what I'm saying, tell you all this, you know what I'm saying, the good stuff in your ear, but it's just like, okay, mm-hmm. can you go in there and vouch for me with these same words and the same enthusiasm when it comes, when you sit in front of, you know what I'm saying, uh, Cornelson or, or, you know what I'm saying, Fuente or and like, when you can you sit up there and, because, you know what I'm saying, he's loud when it comes to special teams and everybody else, but can you be loud when it comes to actually vouching for a player that's in your room? So I just felt like over time, like I just kept seeing like he he would say all these things, but I could just tell like I didn't have to go in there and ask. You know what I'm saying? It's just one of those things you could tell somebody's going in there and actually vouching for you and trying to actually, you know what I'm saying, vow for you to be like, OK, yeah, I trust him because you obviously you trust me to be out there on the field. You trust me to go in there and be with the ones. You trust me to go out here and do media and do all different types of stuff. But it's just like, OK, like. When it comes down to, I came here to play ball, so it's like okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Me and Coach, she was be talking one on one, and he like hey, Chris, like you come along well. Like I love how your growth as a player over the years. It's in the third, and it's just like okay, but I'm just saying like Coach, like you can we just get you know what I'm saying? Can we get the ball to me a little bit more? Like can we just you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying trying to be selfish, but I'm just saying like cool. Let's go twelve personnel. Let's put let's put you know what I'm saying. 
let's put the tight ends in more of a situation where we can help the offense instead of just being one person, uh, one tight end out there, and you got to call design plays to get the ball to him type thing. You know what I'm saying? Let's actually mm-hmm. go out here and exploit matchups because at the same time, you're either going to put a safety or a linebacker on us. And, like, you know what I'm saying, let's play seven on seven then. But it was just one of those things, like, over the time, you know, um, I just felt like, you know, it was, you, you just weren't vouching for him. It just wasn't a genuine thing. You would tell me all these things. And it's just like, bro, I might as well just go, you know what I'm saying, somewhere else and just play ball, you know what I'm saying? Well, I have more like a, a freedom of mind knowing that, okay, either way it goes, like, I'm with, I'm with a new coach, but I can go out here and they be like, cool, like, based on what I'm seeing with this new player, I could vouch for him, to, you know what I'm saying, to do this, that, and the third, instead of having this coach going here and tell me all these things. And then he goes in the meeting room, you know what I'm saying, he's tucking his tail, so. Right. Yeah. So, so turkey bacon or pork bacon had nothing to do with your decision. Would you, would you on the turkey bacon thing or no? I'm gonna tell you how I went about my business for leaving. So, um, after so we played the bowl game in DC um, against Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Came uh, went and got my surgery January second of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like I already made up my mind back in the season. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like I already made up my mind. Like I said, let me go back. Boston College, I really made up my mind then. Um, we were in the middle of the game. We were um, – and normally how the rotation was was like, okay, me and Dalton would rotate. So I'll go series, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, go that whole series, and I'm out. Unless they call 12 personnel, I'll go back in. And he'll just go that series, 11 personnel. We would just alternate series. That's how we used to do it, right? And then um, maybe that's how we were doing it for the longest, even in practice, things like that. The next thing you know, I remember – um, we have been uh, running this tight end screen um, throughout the week and everything, you know what I'm saying? It was nothing said, nothing told, just nothing crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Nothing out the norm. And I remember we were in the middle, like, you know what I'm saying? We're in the middle of the drive and they were like, uh, what was it like, Chris, like, uh, they, they, they were calling you out. I'm like, what? I'm looking over and they're calling me. I'm, they're waving me to come out. So I'm like, I don't, but I don't see nobody coming in. Next thing you know, I see Dalton running, they signal to play in and then I'm asking, uh, I'm asking Coach Sheba's, like, I'm asking, like, why y'all take me out? Like, can I not run that play? Like, I ran it all week. And then he just ignored me, just walked down the sideline, like, don't worry about it, keep your head in the game. I'm like, I'm like, Coach, like, oh, like you just – that's a design play. You just specifically took me out. And then he – because the crazy thing is, he took me out for two plays, threw me back in, and then I finished the drive. But we didn't really, you know what I'm saying, throw the ball that much the rest of that drive. And then I came back out, and I'm asking, like, Coach, like, why'd y'all take me out? Like, he was like, Chris, like, don't worry about this in the past now. Like, you need to focus on, like, we need to focus on trying to get points on the board. So I'm over here sitting there just confused now. Like, like, what's going on? Like, and nobody was just giving me answers for that type stuff. So I was just like, all right, cool. Like, your actions are always going to speak louder than your words. So it was just like, uh, you know what I'm saying? I just saw that, okay, they just want to roll with Dalton King. They want to roll with, you know what I'm saying, their guys. So I was like, cool, I'm going to make a business decision finish out the season with the guys and then I'm you know what I'm saying get out of there but fast forward to um after my surgery which was January 2nd 2019 um I remember we came back uh off that break we had that Sunday meeting before uh that spring semester started um you know coach Fuente and them and they're there you know what I'm saying we're going over all this stuff and then he you know what I'm saying he gets in all the stuff like okay um we got guys that went and got their surgery like he's over there like boasting me up boasting me up in front of like the team like Chris played a whole season with one arm basically because it's um with a torn shoulder so Chris you know what I'm saying don't worry about the spring get healthy we'll see you in the fall but whole time he don't even know that I'm about to go put my name in the portal I'm like all right cool like I'm just still sitting in the meeting 
um, mm-hmm. come to Tuesday um, for workouts. And, you know what I'm saying, I show up for workouts. I still show up every day. I say, I'm going to go about it. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm just talk to him. Like, hey, coach, I just get – we could resolve it in 10 minutes. Like, I could have probably made a different decision within five to 10 minutes. We could have just sat there and hashed it out, talked about it, figured it out. But it was one of those things like, okay, cool. I told him. Um, I told him. I told uh, Danielle, which was like uh, – was it the director of player personnel? Um, I told her. It was like, yo, I, like, I need to meet Coach Fuente. It's urgent. Um, things like that and then he just went and you know what I'm saying you're saying all these things now I'm not gonna lie it just threw me for a twist because it was like okay the year before the season before you had me on the leadership council you, you know what I'm saying you're bringing me up how you know what I'm saying fighting through injury and still playing ball and things like that throughout the season and then it's like okay you go and hop on a plane and go recruit you could have talked you couldn't wait 10 minutes you know what I'm saying to before you hop on that plane just to talk to me real quick but he felt like it was more important to go hop on the plane and go recruit and say, no, I'll just, um, we'll talk about it Friday. And I was like, no, nah, we ain't talking about it Friday. Like, we're going to talk about it now. You won't get on the phone with me or you're going to wait or, you know what I'm saying? I'm just going to do my own thing. And it was just more so like, he was like, all right, like, fuck it. Like, I'm getting on this plane. Like, you don't, you know what I'm saying? He didn't really care. So it was just like, all right. And then mm. when I put my name in the portal, it was one of those things. Like, I already knew how, you know what I'm saying, what was going to come about. Like, as soon as I put my name in the portal, um, you know what I'm saying? Coaches and things hit me up, you know what I'm saying? Just trying to talk and, and get in contact. And I just let the, you know what I'm saying? Uh, let the things, you know what I'm saying, unfold the way they did. And it was more so like, okay, I want to see calls from, you know what I'm saying, specific people. I can have, you know what I'm saying? You can have the whole school call me, but I, if I'm on, if I'm not getting a call from Coach Fuente, he's not showing up on my phone, um, Coach Cornelson, or Coach Sheevers, then, you know what I'm saying, it's nothing to talk about. I don't need to go talk to a GA. I don't need to go talk to a defensive coach. I don't need to talk to somebody else. Like, I need to go talk to the main people, you know what I'm saying, that's going to either help me get to the league or not, you know what I'm saying? Because ultimately, that's what you're trying to get to, you know what I'm saying, you're playing college right. ball, is either the league or you're going to use your degree and you go out here and work. At the end of the day, you're trying to, you know what I'm saying, make a living off one or the other. So it was just one of the things like, okay, I need a call from these three. So, boom, I didn't get a call from Coach Twente, none of that. Boom, I'm waiting on my position, Coach. That's, I was really waiting on that to see, okay, you've had all these words throughout this season. Like, it was crazy. And, you know what I'm saying, um, Coach Stevens used to be, like, my dad used to be calling me, you know what I'm saying, rest, rest in peace to my, um, my dad. But um, rest in peace. he used to be, like, my dad used to be calling me off at, like, 11, 11.30, like, hey, you up? I'm like, yeah, what's up? He's like, hey, like, he'll be talking to me. And he'll be saying these things like, man, just keep going with football, like different things like that. And I, you know what I'm saying? I just know my dad. I'm just like, dad, where are you getting this stuff from? Like, why are you calling me at 1130 at night randomly just talking about just keep going? He was like, man, I just been talking to some people, things like that. Like you on the right path. And I'm just like, okay. You know what I'm saying? And then my dad kept doing it more often. And I was like, dad, who keep, who like, where are you getting this from? You having dreams? He's like, nah, your position coach calling me. But you know what I'm saying? He's just telling me like, you know what I'm saying? How much he proud of you, how much you growing, different things like that. And I'm just like, I'm sitting there telling my dad, like, stop answering them phone calls because he obviously not vouching for me in the room and things like that. So I'm just, I just made my ultimate decision to leave. And, you know, I didn't get, a, I only got maybe one call, phone call from him, but that was like, probably like a week after I put my name in the portal. Then he left like a your bullshit voicemail, like, hey, Chris, like, trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, just call me back, click, like, one, you know what I'm saying? nothing too crazy so I you know what I'm saying I just let people actions you know what I'm saying telling themselves and I just made my decision off of that so 
And so what went into your transfer, uh, the time in your transfer portal? Like, who'd you talk to and how'd you end up ultimately going to uh, Old Dominion? Um, initially, uh, I committed. So I committed to Louisville at first. Um, I went to, that was my first visit. So Louisville got in contact. It was crazy. So the, the recruiting guys uh, who recruited me out of high school were still there. Like the same people, everything. And um, ended up getting in contact with me calling me and everything like that. And they were like, yo, Chris, um, you know what I'm saying? We'd love to have you in the offense. And then the crazy thing is uh, they were getting a new coach too. So Coach Satterfield uh, came from App State. And App State, um, if you look back uh, before he left, they were rolling, like, winning championships. Like, App State was App State, like, big time. But um, he ultimately came over to Louisville. They called me over, like, yeah, we see you as a perfect fit in the offense. I go out to Louisville. We go over, you know what I'm saying, the offense. I just, you know what I'm saying, I saw it's like, okay, cool, it's ACC. We open up with Notre Dame, and we get to play Tech. Um, facilities still big time, still at a big time school. It's a perfect fit for grad school. So um, I went uh, went out there, did a silent commit, um, and then it came down to uh, GPA. Like, they needed a, a 3-5 for me to get into grad school, and I had that. So I was like, oh, no. Nah. I was like, I appreciate it, things like that. Um, and then I'm trying to think, who else? Indiana. Indiana hit me up. Um, they hit me up kind of late in the process, though, like more is like in April, because I was trying to get I was trying to be done with the process before graduation. So um, Indiana okay. hit me up. Uh, who else? I talked to Coach Wiggins. Coach Wiggins was trying to get me to come to Bama. Uh, we were in talks Ooh, about that. Damn. Um, we, yeah, we were. Yeah, we were in and out um, in talks about that. Coach Wiggins. I remember he texted me like, "Oh, he texted me like 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night, like, you know, CC, like, how you feel about Bama?" And I was like, "Coach Wiggins, you can get me in the door, like, like let's roll." And he was like, "All right, we're gonna stay in touch." And we, you know, what I'm saying we stayed in touch, um, different things like that. And they just went a different route. Um, talked to Georgia. Um, and Georgia went a different route too. Initially, it was like uh, they were looking at like a few guys in the transfer portal. Um, I was getting ready to take a visit out there, and then um, signing day. They were really waiting on signing day to see like if they're going to get these certain tight ends to commit. And they got, I think they had like three tight ends commit. And then they they pretty much told me the situation up front. Like they were like, "Cool, Chris. Like we're really waiting on signing day. If we get um, if we only get one to two tight ends signed, we'll come we'll come get you." Um, if we get all three to sign or say we get these two, but we have like another third, like a third guy just roll in that we want, then, you know what I'm saying? We're going to go with that. So they pretty much kept everything up front. Um, those three, you know what I'm saying? They got three guys called me. They was like, yeah, Chris, we got the three guys. Appreciate you. This and that and the third. And then boom, that was pretty much it. And then ODU um, came about. Uh, Coach Wilder, you know, called and, you know what I'm saying? It was saying like how he would love to have us, uh, Eric and I out there to come play ball and, and things like that. And then just ultimately just made a business decision to go to Old Dominion. Um, just saw pretty much off of their production the year before, even though they weren't that good as far as record-wise. But I just saw, uh -huh. like, production as far as, like, they had 2,000-yard receivers. So I was like, all right, it's ODU. Like, their quarterback is a missionary. Like, he went off and, and you know what I'm saying, he preaching. So, like, it ain't going to be – if we go get a real quarterback – and we go out here and just learn this playbook, we can go do the same thing. So, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Ultimately, things that work out. That was probably my ODU was my uh, my worst season ever. 
like in my entire life of sports, like football, basketball, anything I ever played, one in 11, I never lost that many, many games in a year. And then if you talk about a course of like a stretch of like two years, it's coming up from tech to OU. I never lost that many games in that span. Like crazy, yeah, crazy yeah. turn of events. Right. Yeah, that was a nasty turn of events. What was life in the seven fast seven? Like I'm from here, but it's always interesting to see people who not from here. Used in the city of Norfolk, and Norfolk, one of them cities where like treacherous. It can get, it can get, it can get real trenchy real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm not gonna lie. Now nah, I fuck with some five. Like I really do, cause it's it's it give me um growing up in Jacksonville. Like it, it give me that home vibe. Like it got its even though Jacksonville is just one big city, like the seven five, like you got mm-hmm. uh Portsmouth, Suffolk, everything's pretty much right there, but it's just like yeah. I don't know, Norfolk is just different. It's just you got the nice parts of Norfolk and then you got the ghetto, and then especially where mm-hmm. only you at, you know what I'm saying? You 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 in the mix a little bit in between the ghetto and stuff like that, depending on where you live at. So I'll never forget though, um, you can ask Eric. We um we stayed on the corner. We stay on this. We stay in the house on the corner, and it used to be like if we were up late, or even if we're going um going to practice, we used to practice at like uh seven in the morning. So say we leaving early to go out, yo, it'd be crackheads, all types of you be hearing people singing, <laughs> fights, all types of stuff, and I'm just like, yep, there's Norfolk. Shout out to the city of Norfolk, man. <laughs> Definitely, nah. ODU was experience. I always tell people that, like, coming from tech. And and being in uh you know what I'm saying a PWI to mm-hmm. playing ACC ball to going out to ODU where it's just like they really put the you know what I'm saying the campus in the middle of you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. I wouldn't say middle of the trenches but we is it's close is it right yeah, there it's, it's damn close <laughs> <laughs> it's damn close well yeah it was just I'm not gonna lie ODU was just like a it was just a way that it was a completely different vibe, like a whole 180 from from you know what I'm saying, from tech, like party-wise, food, you know what I'm saying, especially weather-wise, like okay, at tech, it wasn't there's no beaches. We got mountains and right and stuff. You can go to you can go to the beach and stuff like that when you want to. So that that is definitely I, I say that to people all the time. Uh, uh the state of Virginia is like three different states in one. Um you got you got the mountain parts. You got Southwest Virginia get cold as fuck, uh, all that, and then you got seven five seven where it's coastal. It don't get as cold. It, we do get winter time, but not like that shit over there. And then you yeah. got like Northern Virginia, which is like basically Metro DC. It's like three states in one. So mm-hmm. shout out to my state, man. I love my state. Shout out to the Commonwealth races as state troopers and shit. You ever had any run-ins with the state troopers? Virginia State. I got pulled over. Now I got pulled over. When actually, um, I got pulled over when I was coming from the 75. This is like what 2017. Mm. Um, I was. I matter of fact, I was in the middle of like where around that Charlottesville area, and I got pulled Mm. over. Mm. They got me, and it was crazy. Um, was crazy about that because I got pulled over. Gave me the ticket, everything like that. I forgot about it, right? And you know, they send the ticket to your house. So with my dad being like, um, with him being like a former police officer or whatever, um, he called me because he get the, hey, um, hey, uh, what's up with this ticket? And I'm like, what? The? I'm like, how you know this stuff? Like, <laughs> and I'm like, he was like, 
um, yeah, you got you in the system. You you were speeding for real. I'm like, love. He was like, where you trying to go? I'm just like, and I was just trying to get home. And you know, you know, parent gonna be a parent, so he get on me a little bit. But I'm like sitting there like that. How you know? Whole time I'm like, you got. I'm like telling him like, yo, you got to stop using your cop little intel stuff to like look up stuff on me. Like, what are you talking about? Like, it came right to the house. Now, uh, you know what I'm saying? It was different stuff like that. But now I ain't never had no run-ins with the police for real. Um, no matter of fact, I did. Matter of fact, oh. I did have another one on campus. On campus, I was literally mm. um, somewhere around the drill field. Got pulled over, got a ticket. I think I rolled a stop sign or something. I don't know. Man, man, Virginia State Troopers, Virginia Police, man, they, they're the biggest gang in the Commonwealth. No, nobody tell you no <laughs> different. Uh, what you got going on? What you got going on now? Uh, right now, I just do real estate, and I'm into uh, trading in crypto heavily. So that's crypto, my that's my little thing. Real estate, yeah. black excellence. We salute you. Yeah, you see, you, you see, you see us. You see us. Um, we us Bitcoin people. We just reached the you know what I'm saying all time high. We broke sixty four thousand. <laughs> we got to like sixty five, sixty six today. There you go. Keep keep pushing Bitcoin. You to was the you was in on the Bitcoin early. Um. Not even early, like last year, um, like a year ago, like statistically, you just go back and look at it last year, like it's like 30 um, last year or something like that, wasn't it? N- nah, Bitcoin was actually um Bitcoin was actually really, really cheap last year. Like around this time, Bitcoin was going for around like less than ten thousand dollars. And if you would have put in like a thousand dollars, you would have made oh you, you were right. saying just, yeah, like I'm you know looking, what I'm saying. Um, I'm looking at Bitcoin, it right now, yeah. Like um, Bitcoin's at sixty four under sixty, floating under sixty five right now. But um, like I said last year, if you would have jumped in around a year ago, around this time, Bitcoin was still like real cheap. Like it didn't make that. It didn't really make that leap until um, earlier this year. So around this time last year, Bitcoin was floating around ten k, and it it skyrocketed after that. Um, what other What other cryptos do you do? um this is like xrp i feel like that's that's going to the moon uh i'm into solana i'm also in the nfts too you know what i'm saying you see that's going around yeah it's getting big super big yeah i got a couple of those um right now um did you ever mess with those that's kind of my niche that's kind of my niche like uh i got put on the trade in back in uh 2017 uh forex i got put on the forex back in 2017 um, it was crazy. Uh, Don, you might know, uh, you might, you probably heard of him, Robbie Robinson out of Seven Five. Yeah, Phoebus. Yeah, Robbie that's Robinson. Cool. That's my um, yeah, that's my guy right there. He uh, it was crazy. He um, I don't know, just one of those things like a small world social media type things where he uh, I know he was at you know what I'm saying came across his page. He had I guess like wrote a like an article or a book or something like that. Um. And, you know, I just happened to read up on it and it was just like a whole bunch of like relatable stuff that he was just talking about. Like a lot of athletes don't talk about, like he was just being just an open book. And, you know what I'm saying? I just, you know what I'm saying? Saw that as like really commendable. So, you know what I'm saying? I told him about it, like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, dang, like, I appreciate you, you know what I'm saying? For like putting, you know what I'm saying? Putting your neck on the line. Cause a lot of players wouldn't do what Robbie did. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. A lot of people call him crazy and this things like that. Yeah, third, Arizona but- State. Robbie Robinson, come on, Don V. Friday, tell your story, bro. Arizona State did you nasty with all yeah, that like, crazy shit. It was around that time. Um, 
I met him, you know what I'm saying, through social media. And then, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, I read his article. We connected there through, like, on a football standpoint. And then he was like, bro, um, like, hey, you ever heard of, like, Forex? I'm like, bro, what is Forex? And then he gets it. He's showing me, like, you never heard of day trading. I'm like, I've heard of stocks and stuff, but I didn't know, like, how to really get into it, make money. Like, I thought you need a whole bunch of money. And he put me on to, like, Forex and crypto was telling me like, okay, this is the future and this type of things like that. And the third, so he initially put me on to it then, but when he first put me on to it, like we were going into the season, um, Forex was like, that's a whole different ball game. Like that's like learning a whole new language. So it's just like, okay, I'm trying to figure this out. But he's showing me like, he's showing me people, there's this group, all the type of stuff. Like they're making legitimate money off their phones. I'm like, dang, like, Hold on, like I'm, I'm, you know, what I'm saying I'm almost what I'm 20 years old. I'm like, okay, like he showed me something that I've never seen somebody like show me before, things like that, and I just stayed in the loop pretty much um, after that to see. Ever since he put me on to like trading and, and things like that, I just, you know, what I'm saying stayed in, like stayed involved, um, start reading up more on it, researching, and just, you know, what I'm saying got involved with it, and. You know what I'm saying? The talks that we had four years ago, you know what I'm saying, about crypto, you know what I'm saying? We're seeing everything happen now. Like, if you would have bought Bitcoin. Man, so Robbie Robinson was a visionary. Nah, he really is. Like, if you, like just from my times of talking to him and things like that, like, his perspective on things and, and you know what I'm saying? Because he, you could tell he reads and he researches and, you know what I'm saying? He has a, a really good perspective and grasps on a lot of different things. Um, and I'm not saying, you know what I'm saying, everything that he says is correct or true. You know what I'm saying? You still got to formulate your own opinion. But at the same right. time, like, you gonna, you still going to connect and, you know what I'm saying, where it feels relatable. And at the same time, you're going to understand, you know what I'm saying, you will naturally feel if it's genuine, what it's coming across. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can just feel energy. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, Robbie is one of those Shout out like, to him for sharing the knowledge because he could have been a, he could have been a crab in a bucket ass nigga. He could have not shared nothing. He could have kept it all to that knowledge to himself and, yeah, and like, prospered. He definitely could have. Like, I remember he first put me on to it. I'm just like, bro, like, he's like, yeah, this is what like Harvard and Yale and all those Ivy League schools, like, why do you think all those people go straight to Wall Street and could go make a bag when they come out of school? It's like, okay, yeah, they go get a degree, but they're learning how to go day trade in these elective courses. Like, these are elective courses for them. You know what I'm saying? They're learning how to go do this. So it's like, cool, this is elective. I get a grade for this. But cool, I can still make a lot of money off of doing this too. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those things that people don't know that happens in Ivy League that, you know what I'm saying? This is like an elective course. You know what I'm saying? Like, they go in there and they they learn how to trade and stock trade and get ready for Wall Street and things like that. That's how they can come out so successful and, you know what I'm saying, and different things like that. But Robbie Robinson, yeah. Visionary, like... Robbie Robinson, you know, 757 legend. He's one of the people that put me on. Legend. Uh, Boston Arizona State staff before Herm and them. No, no, this, no, this ain't got nothing to do with Herm Edwards and them. The staff before Herm and them. Shit on Robbie Robinson's name, called him crazy, called him psycho, all this other shit. He was ahead of his time. They fucked his career up. So fuck Arizona State forever. Not shout out to her. No, no beef with you, but fuck Arizona State, man. They did that man dirty out there. What type of real estate are you doing? You're doing commercial or more uh more like housing? Uh, wholesale. Wholesale? Yeah, wholesale. Yeah. Okay. I'm about to work for a mortgage. I'm about to work for a wholesale wholesale mortgage company. Different, yeah. Also, it's a it's a different beast, but it's definitely like a it's definitely a growing field. Um, 
you know what I'm saying? As, as long as there's buyers and people that want to buy, you always sell, you know what I'm saying? Get contracts underway. So, so you um, back down in Jacksonville now? No, nah, I'm in Tampa. Oh, okay. Good shit. Yeah. Oh, get, I, I could have, I could have went to, um, could have stayed in Jacksonville, but you know, I just felt like growing up there and, uh, you know what I'm saying? All my high school friends, I just felt like, you know what I'm saying? With me, just one of those situations where you can get caught up in the wrong crowd, be, you know what I'm saying? The wrong place, wrong, you know what I'm saying? Wrong time type things, especially oh, like yeah. Jacksonville. Like, and we seen uh, how Jacksonville get down in, in the, in the news. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Well, I know how it is just growing up. So, you know what I'm saying? Just, I ain't want to, you know, I ain't want to put myself in those type of situation or even possibly put myself in a situation just by, you know what I'm saying? Because I understood, okay, going off to school, um, I'm leaving my high school boys and friends at home and everybody doing their own thing. So when I come back, ain't no telling what type of time people could be on. I don't know, you could be in some way different, drugs, game banging, you know what I'm saying? I could, like I said, you could be in the wrong place, wrong time, you know what I'm saying? And that, you know what I'm saying? That could be it. So I was just like, cool, let me just, you know what I'm saying, move, come out of Tampa somewhere kind of new where, you know what I'm saying? I, I haven't really been to Tampa like, like that growing up, maybe like, a, like two or three times. So I felt like it was just one of these like new areas where I could learn and, and grow and things like that. So. Good shit. You downtown or more outskirts? Outskirts, suburbs and downtown um downtown i mean this place is downtown um but it, it's not nothing too crazy i'm in the suburbs though okay you know what i'm saying suburban hell yeah it's ain't nice nothing wrong with that ain't nothing wrong with that like bradenton i always hear about bradenton a lot bradenton that's um that's another city that's like uh like south like that's like south of tampa so like i'm more okay. uh Near like if you know the Tampa areas like Brandon, um, in between like Brandon Riverview, Apollo Beach area, so like South Tampa. Okay, lot, lot, lots of beautiful women down there. Um, of I'm course, not from town. I've never been to Tampa. I just I just go off of uh, some of my friends. My cousin Juju, shout my shout my cousin Juju, but it's crazy ass. He lived in Tampa for a long time. Uh, lots of beautiful women out of Tampa. He always told me. Um. Before before we before we wrap up Don V Fridays, who who's your favorite pro team? You a Jags fan? Nah, see, I get a lot of hate for this. Um, probably gonna get a lot of hate after I say this, but my first game, like actually watching and seeing um that I remember was the Super Bowl. Um, this was like the 04, 05 when Brady um, and play Brady and then played McNabb in Jacksonville, and I remember watching that game. Okay, and um, you know what I'm saying? I I mean, I think I watched the Jags before, but that was a really like the first game I actually remember. Like I was in tune with like watching, mm-hmm. and you know what I'm saying? Tom Brady. You know what I'm saying? I'm a young a young kid when he uh when he did it. So if Donovan McNabb, they would have won. I probably been an Eagles fan, but um, Brady and them came out there. They won the game. Um, and I'm just like, yeah, like I'm a, I'm a Patriots fan, not knowing like I'm in Jacksonville, I'm supposed to be going for the Jaguars. So, um, you know, I kept up with Brady and them along the way throughout high school, through college, um, things like that. 
And I still get a whole bunch of backlash. Like, people be like, have you ever been to Foxborough? Like, do you own any Patriots gear? Do you, you know what I'm saying? But when it comes down to it, I can sit up here and tell you, like, stats, games. Like, I'm in tune, you know what I'm saying, with the Yeah, hey, no, you yeah. locked in. You, that you been a fan of them for more than 15 years. Can't nobody question question that. It's just and at the same time, I've been seeing because the same you're from thing. a city with a team. You know what I'm saying? I've been seeing the same thing too. You gotta think about it. Like, I, you know what I'm saying, stuck with the Patriots. I've been seeing Brady and Belichick. I've been I ain't been seeing nobody else. Maybe you know what I'm saying, a new OC, but we've been keeping the same OC in DC for the longest. So it's just like, okay, we just getting new weapons. Like, okay, we had Julian Edelman, uh Aaron Hernandez, Gronk. We had all different type of weapons. And Randy it's just Moss. like just, well, just seeing them grow, just like over the years, like. I started seeing like Brady didn't really, he don't need a big time receiver, just give him receivers and mm-hmm. they know what they're doing and we're going to go play ball. So, right. The, the page. So, also, so you're the perfect person to ask this and you're going to tell the truth because you're a fan. Tom Brady or Bill Belichick, who get the most credit and why? I'm going to go, I'm going to go Brady. I'm going to be the reason why I'm going to say and- Brady. There you go. The reason, the reason why I'm going to say Brady, because you got to understand, like, you can sit up here and say, okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? The scheme, everything like that. But at the end of the day, we, you know what I'm saying? We watch it every week. Just because you got a, a scheme with this coach don't mean it's going to work. Like, Brady went out there. Um, you know what I'm saying? You can go look at the documentaries on Brady when he was sitting there saying, like, he didn't think he was going to get drafted. Like, being, like, you know what I'm saying? Bottom of the draft. You talking about going to be the top of, you know what I'm saying, the Football Hall of Fame until somebody come knock him off in the next, what, maybe 100 years or something. But come on now, like, we sitting there. Um, Tom Brady, I just I got to go with Tom Brady. It's too much work. He knew the system. You could sit up there and switch running backs. You could switch receivers. Like, his, his you know what I'm saying, his game didn't change. If anything, he just kept getting better and better and better and better. And then, you mean, you can say that's a coaching thing, but – Chemistry, that's between the players. That's one of those things. Like mm-hmm. that's right. a team thing. Like a coach can, you know what I'm saying, can has their, you know what I'm saying, of course their footprint, but Brady was really building chemistry with everybody every season. He didn't care who came in, who left, who got hurt. Like Brady was up, you know what I'm saying, going out there handling business, whether you know what I'm saying, no matter who was on the field. And if you you know what I'm saying, you can look at it now. A lot of teams can't yeah. do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Get that shit popping down in Tampa. When he yeah. went in Tampa, was you was you slick hating or was you supporting? Uh, nah. I just was like, cool. It's a like okay, coming from more like understanding like the game of football, how like politics and business can go into like it's not even fun no more. Because you know what I'm saying, you come, you got to think. We start this game off as like kids. We don't see the business side of the game. We don't see politics. You know what I'm saying? We don't see the cut those stuff when it comes to business in this game. When you're going to see you got that love for the game. And Brady saw, you know what I'm saying, he had that love for the game. New England gave him a chance. He went out there, did his thing for New England. Things became more political, too, like, you know what I'm saying, too political um, mm-hmm. for him. Too much business. He was like, cool, bro. Like, I've been here for so long. I've, you know what I'm saying, brought you all these championships, all this glory and things like that. And it just got two months for him. So he was like, all right, cool. Like, I'm not rocking with this. I'm going to go to Tampa Bay. Because he knew, he, like, everybody knew he had years, you know what I'm saying, that he could still play just based off. Of, like, he doesn't get hit. He barely runs. Like, that's right. a true 
pocket passer that go make plays. Like he can play till he's damn near fifty. He keeps playing like that, but yeah, you know, facts. this is one of those situations. Business, like he saw that, like yo, like it's all right, Bill. Like he probably, I feel like down the stretch, he's like all right, Bill. Like you know, what I'm saying you pushing it, like you know, what I'm saying you lucky. I first time I've been here, and he's probably like all right, bro. Now you want some bullshit? I'm out. We be going to Florida. We in the heat now. Now look at him. Look, what did he do? He came back and won a <laughs> Super Bowl. Like, yeah. It don't yeah, matter what he, he do. What he got? He got seven rings now. He got seven of them. He might not even be done. Yeah, honestly, he might get eight. Yeah, some wild shit. He's a goat. No, yeah, he's the goat. Anybody saying Tom Brady is not the goat is fucking blind. Or they like that's a nasty hater. Like it ain't even worth arguing no more. Right. Like I'm a 49er Brady. fan. Like Joe Montana was the goat, but like I would be a fucking fool to be sitting up here talking about some Joe Montana the goat over Tom Brady. Right, man. Brady, Brady got it locked down on the mental aspect like no other. That's why he can go ball. Like it ain't. He know he got the physical ability. He's just got to sharpen those things. But he got the mental part down, and you can tell over the years, and we see that. You know what I'm saying? Every year. You know what I'm right. saying? He go kill defense off his mental. He don't go run like Lamar and and go scramble and do extra stuff. Like Brady uses his mental, use his arm, and, and go win games. Like yeah, and he don't do you like Mahomes either with the sixty yard no look passes and shit. He gonna like just dice crazy. you up. Like what's crazy with Brady hits you with them. You know what I'm saying? He'll get the dime of you. You know what I'm saying? Down the field, he'll nickel and dime you. Like but. His was crazy. He don't even really like when he loads up for when he's trying to go for a deep ball or something. Like he don't look like a he don't do what like Mahomes, like they load it up and they launch it. And Brady just sit back casual and it's rolling. Like it's gonna get there. You hey. just know. Like. Mm-hmm. I I think Brady could definitely play till 50, honestly. The way he's going right oh, now. Motherfucker really might play till 50. Then he said the other day, like. He just gonna he gonna play till he no longer a championship caliber quarterback. That shit might not ever. Yeah, for real. He gonna so, get tired of this shit and just be like, all right, bro, y'all can have it. Now I had the game for thirty years. Now y'all, <laughs> now y'all fuck around with it, man. Yeah, that's I, it. Don V Fridays, man. We we want to thank Chris Cunningham for coming on. Anything left you got to say to the people before we sign out? Man, hey, look, Hokie Nation, the true Hokie fans, or just ho- look. Hokie Nation in general, man, when it when it come down to it, don't be so naive uh, when you see things going wrong. Of course, you want everything to go right, but when everything going right, that's when, you know what I'm saying, everything seems, you know what I'm saying, everything is sweet, everything is cool, nobody's stressing, but when things going bad, you still need to sit back and instead of rolling with a, a narrative or an article uh, from an outside source, on players, you know what I'm saying, putting them in a negative light. Just take it, you know what I'm saying, take a step back, you know what I'm saying, sometimes. Like, uh, I'm just going to end it off with the situation that happened with, you know what I'm saying, the Sports Illustrated stuff and, and calling oh, people do. cancers. Yep. People cancers. Uh, one thing, I just, you know what I'm saying, a lot of us ain't appreciate. Uh, it's just one of the things like, okay, Hokie Nation, you, you love us so much when we're doing good, but – Coach Fuente never came out of his mouth and said anybody on the team was cancers, right? But an article came out and said we were cancers, and y'all rolled with that. Um, you, you know what I'm saying? Y'all don't put a don't put players in a bad light. At the end of the day, we're kids. We're coming into, you know what I'm saying, the system. Okay, at the times we do mess up, but don't sit up here and run with a narrative that you have no facts on, that you don't, you, you know what I'm saying, you can't 
sit up here and say, cool, if Chris Cunningham's a cancer, I should be able to pull up incidents or have situations where that proves, okay, he was a cancer or a detriment to the team. Don't just run off with just some, somebody says just because things aren't rolling right. right. And, it, you know what I'm saying, that just seems like the narrative to just roll with just because, you know what I'm saying, things are bad. Like, okay, cool. You quote unquote claim you got rid of the cancers, but, you know what I'm saying, I feel like another thing too, it was a bad thing on Coach Fuente for, you know what I'm saying, these are the same players that you – claim you love I was for played on your team and you just let an article come out and you said nothing about it you know what I'm saying it's one of those right. things like all right cool but like I like you know what I'm saying Hokie Nation you know what I'm saying realize that in the day if another situation you know what I'm saying arises like this again with coach Fuente or a future coach or anything in the future just look at it from a bigger perspective think about it like this don't always just because he there's a grown man you know what I'm saying at in the position and at the head coach doesn't mean they're doing the right thing it doesn't mean right. they can't do the wrong thing. It doesn't mean they can't be a bad person. It doesn't mean they can't be out here sneaky and conniving and, and making everything seem good. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, they they understand as a head coach how you see them in this light. If I come to the medium giving people this and I'm always smiling, they're going to see, oh, yeah, I love Coach Fuente. But you don't really know what's really going on because at, in, at the same time, the players are on the inside. They're the players that are going to have to go through the workouts, the meetings, all these trips, you know what I'm saying? They have to really deal with these coaches on a day-to-day basis. So don't always result back. It's the players. Like grown men have issues too. Grown men coming in with attitudes and, and bad days too, you know what I'm saying? And, right. and personal vendettas and, and grudges. So, you know what I'm saying? You got to remember that just because we're kids, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's human. So, you know what I'm saying? Don't put don't put, you know what I'm saying? I guess, how can I put it? You know what I'm saying? Don't put don't just you know be saying, an older person over just a young just person just because of the situation. Yeah, yeah right. don't just put don't don't just take some bullshit to the bank just because oh he represents the university and all this other dumb ass shit. Um yeah. so you so so no turkey bacon, you won't involved in that turkey bacon shit. Man, look. I didn't, well, to be honest, like what, the, like what I'm gonna go in there and complain about food? Like I literally will show up to breakfast check and check in and then go to McDonald's. Like I'm not finna go in there and complain about <laughs> food. Like, like that don't even make sense. Like that was, if any, like I feel like when people read that article when it came out, like I remember when it first came out, like, like it, um, what's it called? It the notification came up on the um ESPN app, and then people get mm-hmm. to calling and and texting like, yo, y'all seen this? You and um, Eric seen this article? like article like i seen the thing come up but i didn't like get into it. i just thought it was one of those things that, like oh gene tag you know coming off a bad season they, you know what i'm saying what is it they need to figure out and get things going they see you know right. people get to tell me like no go read it like they're they're bashing y'all and they're just rolling with it and i'm going in there and i'm like dang like i'm just laughing i'm just like bro it's so many lies. Like, if you were a logical person and you could see, like, bro, you think the players – Like, come on now, let's be logical. You think the players are going there? No, coach. Like, our coach is over here giving us turkey, bacon. You know what I'm saying? He's not giving us turkey, bacon. Like, bro, come on now. That affects nothing, bro. Like, <laughs> if anything, we won't eat it at all. Nobody's that pressed for turkey, bacon. Like, come on now. And mm-hmm. then you're going in here saying, you know what I'm saying? Um, Somebody who's going to beat up Trey Turner. Yeah. Yeah, like somebody said, nobody said it was going to beat up Trey Turner. Like, come on, bro. Like, it's just too many lies, and people floated with it. Like, they ran just, with that shit like wildfire. But it's almost like, damn, like, boom, a story comes out. You're just reading this, and you just rough rolling like it's the truth. Like, the media, like, you haven't, you know what I'm saying, been around long enough to see the media lie to your face plenty of times. I mean, they still do it now if you watch the news, but that's a whole different right. story. Right. You know, but you know what I'm saying? People said that they were seeing an article. 
going off their emotions and feelings like they were losing. Coach Fuente, quote unquote, is a good coach. But the people saying all this stuff, like having this this small minded perspective, never really, you know what I'm saying, did their, you know what I'm saying, their due diligence and research and actually saw from a bigger perspective, like, oh, let me just, you know what I'm saying, wait things out because everything that's done in the dark will come to light. And I feel like, okay, everything that's coming. I feel like everything that's coming out on, you know what I'm saying, on this podcast here that you're getting all these former players and you're getting hit on all these different stories. I just feel like, you know what I'm saying, I'm one of those people that believe that God works in mysterious ways. So you can't be out here fucking around and think you're going to get off in the long run. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's the reason why Frank Beamer was able to stay around for so long through the losing seasons, came up and people were still with him and they kept him at the school no matter what. But, you know what I'm saying? when it is, you know what I'm saying, to get treacherous and, and things like that, man, certain things have a way of, you know what I'm saying, unfolding and yeah. revealing themselves. And I just feel like I don't really believe in karma. I just feel like God just, you know what I'm saying, he, probably, he just getting yeah. his licks back. You know what I'm saying? That's all I call it. I tell people, he's, he's getting his licks back. Thought you was going to yeah. get over, but I'm, you know what I'm whatever saying? Whatever energy you put out there is always coming back. That's fair. Right. It's not going to be whatever energy you may put out one way, but that don't mean it's going to return to you in that way. It may return greater than, you know what I'm saying, than you thought, you know what I'm saying? So, right. That's mm-hmm. one of those things that over the past couple of years I've, I've learned too about energy. Just like you could put out energy in this in this certain form, but that doesn't mean it's going to come back in that same form. It could come back in a in a bigger form and even stronger, you know what I'm saying, depending on your actions and how you keep putting it, you know what I'm saying, energy towards type, that. you know what I'm saying, that type of stuff. So That's facts. Well, thanks for coming on, Chris. We appreciate it. You know, telling your story, like no, you said, other, other people coming on saying the same thing. The truth always comes out and it's coming out now. And, uh, you know, we appreciate your story. It's the most hated Virginia Tech podcast in all the land because my mom used to say real. all the time, dog, people it can't don't like be everybody. <laughs> people don't like the real. That's what people don't like the real. You know what I'm saying? You is we live in the world where, OK. It's a whole bunch. If you putting out a whole bunch of truth, you know what I'm saying? It'd be hurt people's feelings. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We live in that type of but we live in that type of world. You know what I'm saying? You can you can give truth, but if you you giving a little too much, you giving it to you know what I'm saying? Where it's really, you know what I'm saying? Playing on them true emotions and true thoughts, and you like, dang, like, and people get to like, nah, that's too much. We don't want to hear it too much. Just keep it here. You know what I'm saying? But that's what mm-hmm. people need. You know what I'm saying? You that's need what truth, they you know need. Saying? The truth, you know what I'm saying? You'll be all right with the truth and say he's just floating off a lie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, nah, they don't motherfuckers gonna lie. See, they probably want the truth now because now everybody united, don't nobody fuck with dude no more. So now it's like, oh shit, yeah, uh, he been a yeah, piece of shit, cra- but yeah, that's the craziest part. Everybody, <laughs> everybody will know the truth now, everybody want to talk now, but it's right. like, okay, when when things was going on and we wanted to talk then, you wanted to bash us, but now it's like, okay, now we gotta change the heart because oh shit coach Fuente in this offense sucks like we, we see what you guys were talking about years ago like bro we're in like come on now like anybody with some common sense we could see like okay these are players inside a system if you look at in the past like in any teams NFL teams college teams why people leave different types of things like that and the third it always comes back to you know what I'm saying coaching or scheme thing like you know what I'm saying and it's not rocket science it's just we may just you know what I'm saying be in the wrong part of Virginia where people just don't think like, come on now. Yeah. Yeah. No, you said it right. <laughs> you was in the wrong part of Virginia. I'm a, it, 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 you was in you was basically in North Korea, 757 South Korea. 
anybody <laughs> with a brain to get the reference. But that's it for Don V Fridays, man. We want to thank Chris Cunningham for coming on. Uh, we want to thank everybody that tapped in with the podcast, making us number one in all the lands. It ain't even worth arguing no more. It is what it is. Jeff, you got anything left to say to the people before we log out? Yeah, thanks for listening, Chris. Come back whenever you want, man. We'll have you on anytime. Yes, sir. I appreciate y'all. Legendary, man. Till next week, y'all. God bless.